This show in no way means to diagnose or prescribe about any illness or condition that you hear represented in these conversations with people. They are merely just lived experience from the people that have been going through it and any tips or advice given are only basically based on their lived experience. If you're feeling ill or think that something's intuitively a little bit off, go see a practitioner, get some tests done, get the results and then just remember you are part of your healing and management. You don't need to hand the reins completely over to any practitioner. Be in the driver's seat of your health. Well, hello, I'm Lainey, also known as Electro Girl, and I'm an advocate for empowering people to get back in the driver's seat of their diagnosis. See, I was diagnosed with epilepsy 30 years ago and basically was never satisfied with hearing from a doctor that pharmaceuticals would be the only approach to controlling my seizures. I just wasn't going to take it. Out of my way, mortal. So I committed many, many years to researching and finding an answer outside of the Western medicine approach to find a more holistic approach in managing and treating my epilepsy and the seizures. The Love Your Diagnosis podcast is a show about exactly that. Each week, we will be looking into the life of someone who has been diagnosed with a condition or illness and has succeeded in managing their diagnosis both in and outside of Western medicine. Basically, what put them back in the driver's seat of their diagnosis. So hang around with me while we explore living in and outside the medical square when it comes to loving your diagnosis. Oh my goodness. Good day. How you all going? Delaney Godiva for another amazing episode of Love Your Epilepsy Diagnosis. Today I'm going to interview, I've been very excited to interview this dude. His name's Carlson and he sings songs about his journey with epilepsy. This is how he's, uh, this is how he has worked out how to have a catharsis around having, having the diagnosis of epilepsy. So we're going to go chatting with him to see what his journey has been, what brought him to you know, being all over YouTube and and being and singing songs and being hit and people actually responding to that in kind with going, yeah, cool. You own that shit. So um, stay tuned. It's going to be a great interview. We're on. Carlson, that's your name, right? That's not your stage name. It's your real name? Yeah, that's my name. That's my name, name, yeah. It's your name, name. That's not, you didn't want to go for a stage name? No, no, no. Well, it's kind of a stage name. It's like Madonna, you know? One name. A <laughs> mononym, they call it. You stuck out to me because I'm doing this podcast on, well, this particular one called Love Your Epilepsy Diagnosis, right? It's usually just Love Your Diagnosis. But I wanted to do one just on, you know, creatures out there that are doing wonderful things that are also navigating the world of epilepsy, which you seem to be doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I kind of just stumbled across it, you know. I got epilepsy and then started making music as a therapy tool and I didn't really think that many people would be into it, but it sort of took off. And then there was an Instagram page called 
oh, I can't even remember what it's called, but they do this Epilepsy Warrior of the Week, and they asked me to do that after I put the record out, and I'm like, oh, that's that'll be funny. I'll just do that. And took a silly photo and did a bit of a write up, and then yeah, a lot of people responded to it, and other people contacted me, and then yeah, I guess it kind of just happened, and I'm in it now. It's going well, and people get a lot out of it. I get a lot of messages from people. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you there and rewind way back to get a little bit of history about how you got to this point, right? So you actually got diagnosed quite later in life. Yeah, what, how old were you when you got diagnosed? I was 33 and I'm 38 now. Right, so it's a very yeah, recent so thing for you. Yeah, yeah. What happened to get you to that, that point that they needed to diagnose you with something? Well, I guess there's a, there's a second seizure. So the first seizure you have, technically you don't have epilepsy. That's what the doctors say, you don't have epilepsy. People can have a seizure once and it won't happen again, but then if you have another one, that's when your your diagnosis is on and you've officially got epilepsy. So I guess that was the start. I didn't know there was anything leading up to it, but looking back, I think there was. I've had a lot of knocks on the head and I've fainted quite a lot and I think that might have something to do with it. So just spontaneous and, fainting yeah. or like were they fainting when certain temperatures or certain things were happening in your life or was it just you fainted? I think it was stress, but you can't really tell, you know, so it was like felt spontaneous to me and I didn't know what was going on really. And that first seizure you say that you had before they said you had epilepsy, how old were you and, and can you give us the story around that first one? I think I was 32 then and I was working in Geelong with a mate and then we went to have some lunch and he went to the post office I was sitting in the car and yeah then I started to feel really off I didn't know what was going on I got out of the car and walked into the post office and he said I don't really remember this and he said I just he was like are you all right mate and I just looked not very good at all and then I just dropped and took out a fair few postcard racks and yeah I had a seizure there and then we didn't really know what was going on. I should have gone to the hospital in Geelong, but so you weren't like, scared by that. And then you were just you just kind of. I didn't know. What, I was so confused. I didn't know what was happening, and mm. I was actually thinking if I stay in Geelong, someone's going to have to come pick me up, and it's a long way. I live like an hour and a half from there. <laughs> it was quite a ridiculous thing to think. And then yeah, so we went to the drove back near my place and went to the Trentham Medical Center, and then I had another one there. I seem to have two. I seem to be the go about half an hour to an hour and a half apart. But that one, I was laying in the bed, and they said I got up out of the bed and sort of bounced across the room and then head-butted the wall and woke up in a pool of blood. So that was a good one. Right. So that, that, that's just like yeah. someone at one of your gigs, right? Yeah, pretty much. Just a fan. <laughs> like me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just a fan getting too excited. Yeah, it's pretty scary when it starts. You're just scary now still, but. When it starts and you just, everything you do, you think you're going to have a seizure and you don't know when it's coming. Yeah, you could be feeling fine and then you're not. Yeah. After that second one in the hospital, did they then run all the tests or did they send you home and then you had another one and then you came back? Yeah, then I had another one. Then they were sending me to Melbourne down to do tests. Gee, that's hard. They're like, like you do all the tests and then they pretty much say, you're all right now. And you not sleep for 24 hours and come in and do the test. This could make you have a seizure. And you're at a mate's house just sitting on the couch all night, trying not to be noisy and <laughs> trying to stay up. 
pretty hard when it's 5am and you're just like, how much longer can I push this? Am I going to have a seizure? And when they finished with all the tests, what was the actual type of epilepsy? Because I didn't know this before I was diagnosed and you may not have either, but there's like 40 different kinds of epilepsy. Yeah. What was the one that you got lumped with? Grand mal seizures. And did they know where in your brain it comes from or is it that they just said, nah, don't know, idiopathic? Nah, they really, it felt like they were interviewing me to find out more about epilepsy when they're asking me questions and I didn't really get a lot of answers, which frustrated me so much. I mean, the brain's pretty complex and they really don't know a hell of a lot about epilepsy. It's lucky the meds are where they're at now, but seem to work for me. So what was your life like before this? Were you a party animal or were you, were you pretty low-key, you know, reading books? and? Well, a party, definitely. But, I mean, I'd moved to the country sort of three years before and that had slowed me down a hell of a lot. I live in a town of 350 people, gotten into the country lifestyle a bit more, a lot more walking in the bush. And I wasn't coming into the city that much, really, and... You know, you have a few beers in the country, but it doesn't get as wild as the city. Changed my life a bit to be more relaxed. Were you doing that for the reasons of that you were feeling a little bit off in your body or were you just thinking, okay, it's time to kind of rein in the party lifestyle and start getting a bit healthy because I'm getting older? Or was it because you were reacting to something just a little bit off in your brain? I think it was just, just moving to the country. We were kind of at the time. We were, my partner and I were, you know, we go out a lot and we were just looking for something different. And we wanted to buy a house and that just didn't seem possible. Like, especially living anywhere we'd want to live, you know, in within a decent radius of the inner north. Or, <laughs> we were living in Footscray before we left and, yeah, but we couldn't buy there. We just got to go out and out. So we decided to go right out into the country and, yeah, I was partying my ass off, you know, like it was a bit like I've settled down here. What's going on? Give it a go. <laughs> I'm doing the right thing. You've had one of the biggest wake-up calls that someone can have being diagnosed with epilepsy, seriously. Like, you know, let's not downplay how challenging it is. But I want to ask you too, so you were li- when you got diagnosed, you were, living al- were you living alone? You were with a partner? No, with my partner, yeah, yeah okay. in Blackwood. We've been there for three years, I think. Had you ever seen someone have a seizure or did you actually know anything about it? Uh, I'd never seen anyone have a seizure. I still haven't seen anyone have a seizure, to be honest. I don't remember any of mine. But I knew a bit about epilepsy, but, I mean, not a lot at all. And a lot of myths that weren't true. And, yeah, it's been a huge learning curve for me. Yeah. And then the more people see me as an advocator, I guess, for epilepsy and mental health and things like that, the more I feel like I need to learn. But still, I need to learn a hell of a lot more. It's just, yeah, so much. I mean, name all the types of epilepsy. I don't think I'll ever be able to do that off the top of my head, especially with my memory (laughs) post-epilepsy. So you've had it now for, you said, like probably six years, six, five, six years? Yeah. How many medications have they experimented with you on to get to where you are or were you one of the lucky ones that just kind of had a like a good run with the first medicine they put you on yeah i was pretty lucky they worked with a dosage a bit i'm on sodium valparate like it's going really well 
they think deja vu has something to do with epilepsy. I told them I was getting deja vu and then they upped my dosage and I was just feeling like shit. So I just put it back down myself and then told them and they were like, oh, you're feeling all right. That's all right. They're like, oh, maybe you don't have the kind of epilepsy that's triggered by deja vu. And then I asked them about cannabis and what I can do there. And they were like, oh, we're not, I don't, we don't want to do that because we're not sure if it helps or not. It's like, what? You think deja vu? So you give me more of the meds that the big farmers running and then you're not sure, which is the same thing. We don't think. So you won't let me touch any cannabis? Like, so crazy. Well, they don't know, and they're also legally bound by whatever they say to you. It's fabulous that you're an advocate, and and so am I. You know, you want to empower people to get back in the driver's seat, so really be in the driver's seat of what's going into your body and what works for you. And I think doctors, the progressive doctors, actually would agree with that as well. Like, they don't know the answers, as you have found out. So if, if there's something that you're doing that's working for you and you're telling them, they can't exactly stop you doing it, but they just legally have to be very careful. And they don't know the answers, but I wish they'd say that. They kind of dance around the fact. Without, just be honest with me. like you know? Yeah. I don't mind some honesty. If you don't know, that's fine. How long have you been seizure-free? I think it's been three years now. And so I wish it was just seizures. You wish? Like, yeah. <laughs> That's what you think, epilepsy, seizures, but it's not, you know. It's worrying about everything. It's a head spin that, you know, you bend down to stand up too quick, you get a head spin, you're like, oh, we're on here. It's forgetting your pills and you got to drive home 45 minutes to get them. And you just feel like you're running the gauntlet sometimes. Yeah. I'm glad that you're saying that because it's really good for people to understand that it, it's more than just the seizures for people living with epilepsy. And then it becomes the uh, comorbidities, the anxiety around it happening. Did you, have you become a bit more anxious since you've been diagnosed? <laughs> yeah. And I have like dermatitis and psoriasis that has gone crazy since then. It used to be not too bad and it's all stress related, but it's gone wild since then. The more stressed I am, the worse it is. I recently went on a holiday for a month and it pretty much almost all cleared up. Then I got back and it all cleared up again when I went back to work. What are you starting to put into place so that you can bring the anxiety down? Trying to quit work. I'm a carpenter and I like the town I live in, 350 people. I work by myself most of the time and I run jobs and music's going crazy and it's all too much for me. So I'm trying to stop that but it's very hard i've just moved back to the city for a month just a trial maybe moving back here yeah it's just hard to get a job i saw one of your songs ain't too great mate i'm gonna play a little bit just a tiny bit of it now but to me when i listened to it i could so relate to it and you know it's about the side effects and the things that you're given by the doctor and you know and the things that have to go through your head i found it for me like you know, obviously, because I've been through that journey. Talk us through why you wrote that song. That was the first song I wrote. I just wrote that as one song. It just, I just had this narrative running in my head, and I just, yeah, yelled it into the device, and then that was it. It was done, and it was just, I don't know, that was all the frustration of just going to the doctor and going back. Yeah, I remember I was late. I was walking out of there, walked out of there once, and there was construction. I like was crying, and I like punched the hoarding of construction. <laughs> 
I was so frustrated. And people in the street were just looking at me like, you know, it's nothing. You're walking up the street crying. People really don't know how to take that. And it's funny and it's dark and it kind of set the tone for what I was doing. You throw a bit of humour in there. My head's running like Steve Monaghetti line or yeah. more fucked than the Great Barrier Reef. Yeah. I'll like, play a little bit of it. Yep, and that's just a section of that great song of all the stuff that was going through your head at the time. The old, you can't do this, you can't do that. Have you actually listened to that, like, gospel, or have you are you kind of making your own rules with it all now? Uh, a bit of both. I try and listen. I mean, the can't drive, I can't drive. I've been driving anyway. Don't use a chainsaw. Or if I have a seizure while I'm going for a walk, slide down a cliff, I could be done too. So, you know, where did it So by the sounds of it... you got to live your life. Okay, so you, you have a choice when you get diagnosed with something. You can either completely immerse yourself in what people are telling you and how you need to change your life, or you can rise above it. So you're making <laughs> epileptic dance music, which is funny because people would look at that statement and go, hey, don't epileptics like... You know, it's doesn't the flashing lights cause them to, you know, epileptic dance music. That's a bit ironic, isn't it? I don't know if there's anyone else in the world actually advocating through music for epilepsy. Yeah, there's another artist, Hex Tape. Yeah, HTX Tape. And they, I recently, they did an article and they interviewed me for that. And it was all about strobing, actually, and electronic music. Yeah, a couple of others, but. Not heaps. It seems to be happening more and more. I think post-pandemic, people are loving trauma or talking about trauma. They're not loving trauma, but they're loving expressing their trauma and hearing someone else do it. It's empowering. And I mean, we're all traumatized. So, yeah, I think that's kind of helped. Moving forward, like how much do you know, yeah, about the brain? And when I got diagnosed, my first thing was, I want to learn about the brain and I want to learn how I can control these with as minimal medication as possible and lifestyle changes and everything else that's contributing to the trauma and stuff like that. Are you at that stage yet of your journey where you want to go deep inside your brain and heal it in ways so you can be on minimal medication and, and work holistically? With, with your condition, or are you just quite happy to just stay on the meds and just go, fuck it, it's working? It depends what day, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, from the start, I was like, I kind of didn't want to know anything about it. Every time I looked into it, I just got so stressed out. It just seemed so much worse than I thought. The, the first doctor I saw was like, said to me, you know, a lot of people can live a long and healthy life with epilepsy these days. And I was like, 
what? I didn't, now you got me thinking I'm going to die. Like, what do you mean a lot of people? Like, I didn't, shit, am I going to die here? What's going on? You know, and yeah, I guess I just got scared and scared and I didn't want to know drinking instead of addressing your trauma or something like that, you know, just hiding, but slowly finding out more and more. And when you're having a good day, you can look into it. When you're having a bad day, stay away from it. It's for me how it works. My partner's a holistic health practitioner. She looks into a lot of that stuff. Sometimes I like to listen. Sometimes I'm just like, I don't want to hear this today. <laughs> you know, can't we just sit on the couch? You're doing through music your cathartic healing with it all, yeah? Where do you see yourself taking this? Where do you think you can take this with the music? I don't know. It was The vision was to make a record for myself and I thought it was good enough that I could put it on vinyl and I did that and then I thought, you know, I might sell 50 of these and now I've done a couple of presses. No one wanted to put it out. So I did it myself, just made up a record label and did that. And it's gone so good. And I don't know, stuff just keeps happening. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger. I can play Meredith. I've been doing this for just over a year and a half. And I'm playing Meredith. It's like wow, ridiculous. I've played the forum twice now, like supporting people there at the forum twice. I just cash Savage and the last drink. And Cash DJs for me now, which is a lot of fun. And that's Cash Savage and Blake Scott. And then Once We're Rising with Back to Drury. Played in Ivanica, which is like kind of the electronic festival for down here. So, Carlson, do you and reckon do you reckon people are, are catching on to you because of the beat or because of the message that's in it and because the of your, message for sure the, message. the beats are great but with me rambling like i do over the top of it not many other people do that in electronic music you know you go to the club and you hear you know having a good time dance dance yeah 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 you know like the music more positive and not as raw not someone with an accent like mine rambling over the top like it is so yeah i think people like it's different and the message really i think that's what it is people really getting behind the message of it all so basically you're just going to keep rambling about epilepsy in the background of electronic music yeah i gotta do some more releases right. but i've just been i just keep getting shows and shows and i can't i love playing gigs i just love being on stage and yeah, I love the community around music. I love going to gigs. Just keep going and see what happens. I definitely want to tour overseas. And because it's like me and a DJ, or sometimes I just play by myself, cheap enough that I can do that. And that's kind of why I started it. But this is just me. So I use a range of DJs. So if someone can't do it, my partner DJs sometimes, Cash Savage DJs most of the time. But she's up to Europe. I DJ. Please. If you need another epileptic DJ, double F. Oh mate, double <laughs> epilepsy on stage. Look out! <laughs> yeah, that that would uh, that would be fun. So you're saying you're going to be travelling a lot. Are you pretty open with telling people you have it and what to do if something happens, or do you keep it hidden? Nah, I guess I'm pretty confident, and like I tell jobs and things like that that I've got it. And there's a part of me that almost wants them to 
react and not give me a job so I can take him to task. Yeah, I'm pretty open with that. And I I feel like I have a bit of a responsibility to be like that because I'm pretty privileged apart from epilepsy. And white, I'm male, people like me. I'm pretty confident. So I feel like it's, yeah, something that I should be doing for everyone else that can't do it. Because I understand a lot of people can't do it and that's perfectly fine. I guess the reason I'm yeah, asking is because over the years I've found that very few people know what to do when they see it happening. That I guess why I'm asking is because do you tell people what to do because so they don't freak out, you know, and so that they know what to do to keep you safe? Or do you, like me, just go, I don't want to just make this a thing. I don't want to identify as this to everybody I meet because then that's who I am. Um but then in, in, in my experience, if you don't do that, people freak out, they do the wrong things, you end up with gravel rash on your face and, you know, it's a catch-22. So I'm thinking if you're going to continue travelling and doing that, what's your sort of protocol about kind of educating people in case? I do it on stage. I'll do it in songs. I often change lyrics in songs live and go on some other raffle. Because I'm like basically rambling my thoughts in the song, feels like I can do that. And I'll go on a ramble about what to do when someone has a seizure around you on stage. Yeah, you work it into the act. I mean, all the DJs know what to do. I'm not that worried about me. I usually end up with some gravel rash. I feel like a scar on my forehead from that one in the hospital. Like, I've got other scars. Like I said, I give myself a few bumps on the head over the years rough and tumble growing up so that I don't I'm not too worried about me but it is other people I don't want them to freak out and I want them if someone does have a seizure that I want them to know to move stuff away to just be relaxed and what to do especially when you come back I come back and I'm like what happened my partner will be like you just had a seizure and I'll be like no 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 I didn't and she'll be like yeah you did it's all right just relax and then Five minutes later, I'll be like, what's going on? And I'll do that so many times, you know. But I just want people to know that when it happens, someone wakes up, don't all be crowding around. Don't all be just have someone letting them know that it's okay and what's happened. And it's very frustrating part when you wake up. I know, right? I'll play um, a little bit of this other song that you've written just now called Thinking About It. What's the background to this one? That epilepsy, Thinking About It. Every second. Well, I know that every second, but, you know, especially at the time when I wrote the song, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. Everything I was doing, I just was like, oh, is this it? Oh, is this it? Oh, we're going to have one now. And, yeah, this was the song that came out of that one. Let's have a little listen. Right now is a wrap 
Yep. Now, if you want to hear the rest of that song and all Carlson's other songs, where's the best place? Spotify? I mean, you're everywhere, aren't you? Bandcamp? Yeah, Bandcamp to go. Bandcamp and buy them and buy a record and give me money. <laughs> Spotify doesn't give me anything. No, they're a bit weak like that, <laughs> aren't yeah, they? yeah, I understand. Spotify, Bandcamp, I've done all that kind of stuff. iTunes. And people, if they want to see where you're playing, where where can people find you to to see where your gig gig dates are? Or uh, usually on Instagram to go for that. Okay. I'm trying to move away from Instagram a little bit, so I just started a Substack, which is like more of a blog post. It goes into your email. They so just give get your email address. I've been enjoying more long form writing, which you can't really do on. Instagram, so... You've got 2,668 bloody followers on Instagram. They're going to have to go somewhere. Yeah, I know, I know. Scary thing. And that's it. That's the thing with Instagram. Yeah. Just say I got kicked off Instagram for whatever reason, you know, running my mouth about politics or something. Then I'm gone. I got nothing. But with this Substack, I've got everyone's email address so I can... Still, I can email people and tell them where I'm at, but at the moment, Instagram's kind of the only way you're going to know where my shows are on, apart from local guides. And to wrap up, yeah, would you say that you love your diagnosis, Carlson? Some days. I mean, I wouldn't be doing, I wouldn't be talking to you, I wouldn't be playing gigs like I am. Like, I've always played gigs, but I don't think it would have taken off like it has if I was still just thinking about what it that really give me focus on music and art and I'm not sure. That's a very hard question. The Fendron, you ask me. It only takes one seizure for me to, or a bad day or whatever, to not love it. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a tough question. It's fluid. It's flux, in flux. But I do love it today. Good answer. And the other thing to wrap up is, you know, what parting words of advice would you give to someone who's just being diagnosed? That's scared shitless like you were. Oh, 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 I got no advice for you. I just, I don't know. Try and, I'd say relax. You can't relax. Stick around people that make you feel comfortable and feel loved. That's the best thing you can do. And yell out. Slide into my DMs on Instagram if you want to chat. Awesome. Yeah. It's also like, I didn't know how many people had epilepsy to play music. Like in the scene that I'm in. So many people that I know, I didn't even know had epilepsy. And now through this, there's so many that are just like, yeah, i got epilepsy. i got epilepsy. Or blah, blah, blah. It's just been diagnosed. And, oh, cool. Yeah, we'll start chatting. So it's really, yeah, that's been amazing. That's just, Rich Stanley has been great for me. He's probably taught, taught me more than the doctors have. Probably because he can just say what he likes. But he uh, plays in a band called Power Supply been in a hell of a lot of bands, run the record label and been around for a long time and just chatting to him has been amazing for me. Just he's got real lived experience. Oh, he's got epilepsy. Yeah, he's got epilepsy. Anything else you want to add before we go or that's kind of it? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Don't be safe. That's my tip for everyone. Don't make safe music and safe art. Make edgier art. 
my friends have been in the crowd and people are like, he can't be talking about this. What's he doing? And then they'll work out that I've actually got epilepsy and then it's okay. But, um, it's good to divide people. Make them think. Nice, Carlson. That's so good. Hey, I'm really glad I came across you. And thank you so much for the interview. It's really good. We've got to get it out there. Some, you know, we've got to step up for the epos. Step up for the epos. The tumblers, <laughs> what Rich Stanley calls it. Ah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Have a great day. Thank you. I'm sure that you and I will come across each other again. Yeah, I hope so, mate. Thank you for the interview. Keep yep. doing what you're doing. If you would like to donate to the, the running of this podcast and you can afford a few little bucks a month or whatever it is that you can afford to keep the show going without ads, please hit the PayPal button and if you've got a few loose coins that would really mean a lot to me and other people who are listening to this podcast and getting seeds of inspiration. Also, leave a review on Apple Podcasts because that just means more people will know about it. If you've got a story that you want to share that you've had success with and that you've researched and found some, some joy and gold in your own diagnosis, please hit me up. I'm always happy to share anyone's story. The main takeaway message in these podcasts is get second opinions, find a doctor that you really resonate with and research the shit out of what you're going on. Get back in the driver's seat of your health, everyone. You do not need to take one person's opinion about the rest of your life and how to live it. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. I'm Lainey Godiva.